Good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? We welcome those of you that are with us uh, in the room. We welcome those of you that are worshiping with us online. If you're in the room with us, would you stand as we begin worshiping today? Last week we learned a brand new song about the battle belonging not to us, but to who? The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen.
Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Let's let God know how much we appreciate all that he has done for us throughout our lives. Thank him for the battles that he's won. Praise God. He's always there with us, brothers and sisters. I remember back in 2 Chronicles 20, we're told about a certain king. And uh, that was in the kingdom of Judah. His name was Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was having a problem, just like a lot of us have problems. But it wasn't just one problem, not two, but three problems. Three mighty armies were attacking Jerusalem that day. In the third verse of 2 Chronicles 20, it tells us that he feared. His knees were probably just shaking as he saw these three armies coming upon the people. But the very next verse says he called for a fast and called for all of the people to pray. They went before the Lord. They asked God to save them. Amen. And finally, he says these words, and they're wonderful words. It's what we need to sometimes remember when we're in trouble. He said, oh, Lord, I cannot fight in this battle. This is beyond me. But he said, oh, God, my eyes are upon you. Praise God. He looked up into the hills so it's come of his help. Amen. And the word came back to him that Jehoshaphat, Jerusalem, Israel, you will not have to fight in the battle. You know why? The praise group just sang it. For the battle was not ours. It is the Lord's. That's what God told Jehoshaphat. The battle is not ours. It is God's. And he will fight our battles for us. Isn't that good news? I don't know about you, but that makes me feel real good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God's got our back, brothers and sisters. The Bible says so. Praise God. Let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of St. John. And here in chapter 16, verse 29 to 33, this is further backed up about God will fight our battles for us. It reads, his disciples said, Lo, now you are speaking plainly and are not using a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things. Of course, Jesus knows all things. You know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this, we believe that you come from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Brothers and sisters, God is with us. These things I have spoken to you, not only to the disciples, but to us also, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take courage, Jesus said, because I have overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us go before the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. He said, come boldly before his throne of grace, where we can obtain mercy and find grace in our times of need. I don't know about you, but I'm always in need of God's grace. Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you once again for another glorious day. A wonderful gift of life that you have bestowed upon us 
you've imbued us, dear God, in your holiness and your presence where the Bible says there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are blessings, pleasures forevermore. For that, we just want to say thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much, for blessing us, for letting us be your children and willingly being our, our father, our daddy. We love you, Abba Father. Thank you so much. We're not worthy of your grace. We're not worthy of your kindness. We're not worthy of your mercy. We're not worthy of what Jesus Christ, your son, did on the cross. But we are so everlasting grateful to the very depths of our heart. Collectively, we just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we ask that you will forgive all sins that we may have committed throughout this week. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, dear God, as we confess them to you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will just order our steps this coming week according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure. And Lord, as far as us, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, may they prove acceptable in thy sight, dear God. And we thank you for being our strength. We thank you for being our redeemer. And Lord, we ask today that you will look down upon those of us who are in such need of help. Heal our lands, dear God. We've humbled ourselves and come before you in prayer as you told us we should do. We're obeying your word, dear God. Every time we get an opportunity, help us when we falter, dear God. Let no sin have iniquity over us. Lord, heal our sick. Those who are financially challenged, Lord, we ask that you prosper them. As your word says, you want to prosper us and keep us in good health as our soul prospers. Bless our service. Bless Pastor Roger as he brings the message. And Lord, bless us, your children. In all Christianity, we need you, Lord. But we know it is in you that we live. It is in you that we move. It is in you that we have our very being. Thank you. God bless. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, you may sit down, please. Hey, CTC family. We're in West Virginia. And here's this week's news. Welcome to Bethlehem is set in modern-day Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And it gives us an opportunity to see God create beauty out of seemingly impossible circumstances. We are looking for cast and singers of all ages. Auditions will be held on Sunday, August 22nd from 1.30 to 3.30 and Tuesday, August 24th, from 6.30 to 8.30. You can find out more details by visiting our website. El idioma puede ser una barrera seria para compartir el evangelio. Hay muchas familias de habla España alrededor de nuestro campus de Ellesmere, a las que queremos llegar. Si habla español con fluidez y le gustaría ser parte de este ministerio, comuníquese con Lynn en el correo electrónico debajo. Christ the Cornerstone Second Annual Sale Giveaway on August 14th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. will provide church members and attendees the opportunity to clear some of the clutter from our lives while offering those items to our community at no cost. We'll be receiving donations on Friday, August 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. We need people to help receiving and sorting items as well as staff for our event on Saturday. All unclaimed items at the end of the giveaway will be donated to Green Drop to benefit the American Red Cross. For more information and stuff like that, well, you know what to do.
Good morning, everyone. And also, welcome back to those who just came back from the missions trip. <laughs> um, so, glad you are all here with us this morning, whether you're in person or whether you are online. Again, good morning and welcome. If you're new here and you're in the service, uh, welcome. I think I've said that three times. But don't forget, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center where, where you will receive a free little gift. That's always a tongue twister for me. And you'll be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff or, you know, by any one of us, you know, citizens of the church just to stop by and say hello. And if you are new here and you are online, don't forget to click the new here button at the top or the bubble that popped up in the chat. And before I forget about the connect cards, the connect cards. So if you're at your table or at your seat, you'll see a little rectangular card, a connect card, and we would love for you to fill that out for us so we know that you are here. Um, I don't have my demonstrators today. Last night I did. Okay. There. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Linda. <laughs> um, so sign that so we know that you are here. And also, if you do have a prayer request, you can write that down too because we are always praying for you. And for those of you online, the connect card button is at the top or, again, probably popped up in the chat right now. So now I will pass it off to that's Pastor Roger. That, that's what just came in my head. <laughs> I didn't know what. Sisters in Christ. Yeah, that works. <laughs> children of the children of the king, better than children of the corn. Children of the king. But much better than children of the corn. <laughs> anyway, so glad you all are here this morning. And uh, like Rebecca said, please do fill out a connect card. That's how we stay in touch. It's how we pray together. Uh, it's so important for us. You can put it on a connect card, card or on an offering envelope. We're so excited to have the youth uh, and the adults back from their uh, work with Appalachia Service Project last week. And that was a great video that they did uh, giving us the announcements. We're going to hear more from them uh, hopefully next week where that's in the plans. And so uh, we'll, we'll work on that hopefully next week or the week after. Uh, we'll be hearing from them about their experiences on ASP. And we look forward uh, certainly to that. Um, as we uh, worship God, one of the things that we do and, and one of the reasons that we're able to send our young people out to uh, ASP is because of your generosity. And we want to practice that all the time. And we have principles here at Christ the Cornerstone. As we love God, we serve, and we engage, we do it generously. And we have some principles that we follow. And today we're reviewing the third principle of our generosity. I ask you to read this with me, if you would, please. We give to support those who proclaim the kingdom. And a scripture verse that reminds us of that comes from James chapter 1. And read this with me too, if you would please. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Powerful words from God's word. Uh, this morning. Let me invite you. Let's, let's continue to worship God as we stand together and let me offer a prayer uh, and uh, as we sing and the team leads us. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity that you give to us to serve you in so many ways. You created each one of us uh, uniquely gifted, empowered, equipped to serve you and to serve others so that others may come to experience your life-changing love. And we give ourselves to you in that. 
And we pray, God, that you help us do that generously in whatever way we can. Be with us now as we continue to worship you. Come and, and inhabit the praises of your people and inspire us in the name of Jesus, our leader. Amen. out of the grave and into his marvelous life.
Lord, we celebrate you today because you are the God who was and who is and who is to come. And not only that, folks, but he is ours, God. Not because we can stake any claim on him, not because we have any right to, but because he has called us. You understand? Can we understand that today? That the God who created the universe knows where we live, knows what we go through, and he wants to be with us. Amen? Can we celebrate him again? Come on and give him praise. God, we just praise you. Just speak your praise to him today.
Remember when you were in elementary school and you were on the playground and you went up to another kid and you said, my dad can beat up your dad. Remember that? I used to do that. Maybe nobody else ever did that. But you go up to another kid and you say, my dad can beat up your dad. They would go, oh no, my dad can beat up your dad. Well, my God can defeat anything and anyone because he is the creator of the universe. Amen? And there is no one else like him. Somebody needs to hear that today, that you are up against a situation or a circumstance in your life. I don't know if you're in this room or if you're watching us online, but you're up against a circumstance and you think there is no way out. There is no way through. There's no way over. But our God is greater and stronger and higher and smarter. I figured out something this week on this missions trip that God is a whole lot smarter than I am. It took a whole lot of years maybe for me to figure it, but God is a whole lot smarter than we are. And he brings us through things because he is the victor in every situation in our lives. So the battle belongs to him. He called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. And he is greater and stronger and higher than any other power. And that's all great to think about. But he lives in us. And not just lives in us. He lives in you and you and you and you. Because that's what he chose to do. So can we pray this morning and think about that fact and, and ask God to just remind us of that as we pray for Pastor Roger as he comes this morning to bring the message. God, remind us today of who you are. Remind us today of how strong you are, of how powerful you are, of how victorious you are. In every battle in our lives. But Lord, also remind us today and help us to understand that victory doesn't always necessarily look like what we want it to look like. What our plans are. We want to yield to your plan. Because not only are you higher and your strength is higher, but your thoughts and your ways are higher than ours. So we put ourselves in your hands. Put our faith and our trust in you today. Lord, bless our pastor as he comes to bring the message. Let your strong anointing rest on him, that as he opens your word to us, that our hearts would be open and receptive today, and that you would strengthen us and encourage us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. one of this series, we learned about the character of Jesus. Now that we know who he is, we can talk about what it's like to live for him. Even though the Christian life has its victories and rewards, we cannot expect it to be without struggles, sufferings, confrontations, sacrifices, trials. But in all these things, Jesus is there, equipping us and bringing us hope. If we give him the chance, even though he asks us to give up everything, he will prove that every step of the journey is worth it. Mark my words. Mark my words. Here we are again. 
uh, continuing our series, Mark My Words, through the book of Mark. And last week, we had the word controversy, that life with Jesus is going to be controversial. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the book of Mark, Mark is quite abrupt in the way that he tells his story, his good news about Jesus. He doesn't waste a lot of words in the things that he uh, the stories that he tells. And a lot of times Mark is uh, he's just right up front there. He's quite confrontational. And we saw that last week in part with the controversy that is building. And today the word that we come to in chapter 12 about what is life with Jesus like, it is this controversial word. It is confrontation. And so the controversy builds up until finally there is some kind of confrontation in between God, between the world, between Jesus, between the, the Jewish leaders at the time. And there's confrontation between God and you also, between God and me. There's a, there's a confrontation. Why is that? Because we need to be confronted. We need to be confronted with who we are. We are confronted with who God is. And as we sang, God is higher, God is greater, God is more powerful, God is healer. And God even confronts the sicknesses that we experience in this world. So our word today is confrontation. Life with Jesus involves confrontation. You ready for this message? (laughs) Uh, The controversy builds until confrontation is unavoidable. Jesus confronts those who confront him. Jesus turns the tables as as the leaders the Jewish leaders are coming to Jesus, he turns the tables and he confronts them with their own stuff. Jesus moves from a defense, he moves into offense. And we can say watch out Because if you're coming at Jesus, if you're coming at God with complaints, if you're coming at God, why didn't you do this? God's going to come back to you. And God's going to say to you, like God said to Job, when Job was, 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 everything was taken away from Job's life. And God was complaining to Job. And, and, And there are 39 chapters in the book of Job. And repeatedly, Job is saying, God, why did you do this in my life? Why did you take away my children? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And finally, God confronts Job with this question. Were you there when I created the stars? Were you there when I created the earth? Were you there when I did this? Were you there? Who are you that you should talk to God, the Creator of all things, with an attitude that we often come to God? Lord, I deserve better than this. Who are you? Jesus confronts us. We're going to look at some of those confrontations. You can't win a football game as if I the greatest sports fan of all. I'm the goat of sports fans. That is a lie. (laughs) But I'm going to use a sports analogy. I think I got it right. You can't win a football game by sitting on defense. 
You can't just protect the, your goal that's behind you. You've got to go on offense. You've got to advance the ball. You've got to get through the defense. You've got to get it across the goal line. You've got to get it through the goal posts. And there are times when Jesus has to go on the offense. In fact, there are many times when Jesus goes on the offense in order to advance the purpose of God. And that's true in our lives, too. God is going to go on the offense and He's going to confront us with the reality in which we find ourselves in order that God can advance His purposes in your life. And many times, we need to make the choice, whose side of the ball are we going to get on? My side, which often is against God's side, or am I going to hop over on the winning team? Side. That's the question we all have to choose. So let's look at Mark chapter 12 and see where Jesus, see several examples where Jesus goes on the offense, even while he's being put on the defense. I'm going to see this back and forth. Mark chapter 12, if you're in the Bibles, if you're using the Bible that we have it here in our room, it's on page 841. Mark chapter 12, we'll have it on the screen. We're going to look at most of the entire chapter of 12. Um, not all of it very closely, but this is a larger story, and I want us to see stay with that larger picture of this idea of Jesus confronting us and confronting others. So let's begin with Mark chapter 12, reading at verse 1. Now we remember, we'll back up a little bit, we remember last week we looked at chapter 11 and we saw that Jesus was questioned by the religious leaders as to his authority. They asked him, by what authority are you doing these things? And Jesus said, he went on the offense and he turned the table. Instead of answering their question, Jesus asked another question. He said, if you answer a question that I have for you, then I will tell you by whose authority I am doing these things. But they decided they couldn't answer that question. And so verse, the, end of the last verse in verse 11 says, Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. And verse 12, verse 1 of 12 begins, then Jesus began teaching them with stories. And this is important. The use of stories is a powerful offensive tactic. <laughs> I was told, you know that I use a lot of stories in my preaching. And in one of, one of my churches, I was, I was told it by a lawyer who also knows the power of stories. And he came to me one day after I was using stories, and he says, you know, stories can make some things clear. But sometimes stories make things more obscure and unclear. And I, and I agree with him. Stories make us think. Stories connect with our own lives. When I tell a story, I had a, this, this, last week I told a, a few stories. On Friday of this last week, some of us were at prayer. And, and by the way, we have prayer at 7 o'clock on Tuesday mornings. Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings here at the church, at the Bear Campus. And you can come here and you can pray with us if you so desire to do that. Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, and Friday mornings at 7 o'clock. So, so I preached last week and told stories on what day? Sunday. 
And by Friday, we were in prayer, and the people who were praying, we got, after we were finished praying, they were making fun of me for the stories that I was telling five days earlier. That's why I tell stories, because stories are memorable, because stories connect with your life. Stories make connections. You can, you can be online and hearing my story, and I don't hear your story, but you hear my story, and you relate to it, and you build a bond with me, and I build a bond with you. That's what stories do. So stories, and Jesus began teaching with stories in order to, because he knew how powerful it was. So listen to the story that Jesus is telling and try to see where does this story connect with your own life? Where does this story connect with the life of the people that Jesus is telling it to? So let's pay attention to this story. Jesus said to them, a man planted a vineyard. He planted the vineyard. He built a wall around it. He dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice. And then he built a lookout tower. What does that remind you of? What kind of man is this, uh, this person building this? He's a businessman. In the business of agriculture. In the business of making wine. Why does he build a wall around it? Because he wants to protect his business. And why does he build a watchtower? Because he wants to protect. And he wants to make sure that his crops and his profits are protected. He's a smart businessman, this farmer. Any of us smart business people? <laughs> of course we are. Well, we think we are. <laughs> and then he, he, he developed his business and he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and then he moved to another country. He's an entrepreneur. He's a developer. And at the time of the grape harvest, he's in another country. The owner sends one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. It's time to get paid. It's time to gather the harvest. But the tenant farmers grabbed the owner's servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. Get out of here. Who do you think you are? Verse 4 says, The owner sent another servant, but they insulted him and beat him over the head. <laughs> wham, wham, wham. He went home empty-handed. The next, what is this, number three? The next servant he sent was killed. Others he sent were either beaten or killed. How many did he send at least four, but others is plural, so we have to say at least five. I presume many more than that. Until he sent so many servants that there was only one servant left. He has lost all of his servants. These tenant farmers have occupied his farm, refusing to pay what they had agreed to pay. Now, you're the business person. What are you going to do about this? 
You're not going to wait for your last servant to be killed before you start calling the authorities. You call your lawyer and you issue a lawsuit. You issue an eviction notice to those tenant farmers. You're saying, what is going on here? And you're going to confront them. So there was only one left. This was his son whom he dearly loved. And so the, the, the owner finally sent his, only, his last servant, his son whom he dearly loved, thinking surely they will respect my son. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Who do you think Jesus is referring to by the son? Himself. Who do you think Jesus is calling the listeners of this story? The people of Ab- the, the children of Abraham. Who, who are they in this story? Come on, somebody say it. They are the tenant farmers. Jesus is confronting them. Today we would call this passive aggressive. Yes! Very aggressive. I think of another story from the Old Testament about King David that is similar. And if you know that story, you know what I'm talking about. But we don't have time for that story today. Verse 7 says, But the tenant farmers said to one another, Here comes the heir to the estate. Instead of respecting him, they say, Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and they murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do, Jesus asked. And he didn't give time for them to answer the question themselves. He says, I tell you, he will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. They're not going to get what they think they're going to get. It will be taken from them and it will be given to somebody else. I think Jesus said those words, too. Didn't you ever read in the Scriptures that the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. God wins. The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because... Now read this on the screen with me. The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized He was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They got it. Jesus confronts them. And Jesus confronts us. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left Him and went away. This is, this is a confrontation. The Pharisees, later, after this, they send somebody else. Then, now they move to the offense. And in the next paragraph, they send somebody else asking about, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus says, yes, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. And in the next paragraph, they send another person. This one's a Sadducee. A Sadducee is, is, is one of the religious leaders that has a particular task, a group of... You know how we have all different kinds of Christians? We've got Baptists. We've got Methodists. We've got non-denominational Christians. We've got 
all kinds of denominations. Think of that when you see these these different people in this, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. They all have different beliefs. They all have different emphases that they're, 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 they have about, the, about Judaism. And I'm, I'm simplifying that, but it's just different sects of Judaism. And each one of them are there, and each one of them is confronting Jesus. And so the Sadducees, I made a joke this morning that nobody got. And I said, I, I'm looking for a Sadducee, but a Sadducee must be sad, you see. It went right over their head. I think I said it better this time. I don't see any Sadducees in the room because y'all look happy. Woohoo! All right, that was a little commercial break. Sadducee came to Jesus and they asked him about the resurrection because Sadducees don't believe there's going to be a resurrection. So they give Jesus a trick question about the resurrection, but they don't even believe in it. And it's a question about marriage, and Jesus says, don't worry about that, because when we're in heaven, we're not going to care who's married to whom. There's going to be such perfection in marriage. There's going to be such intimacy in heaven. There's going to be such intimacy. There's going to be such connection with everybody else that we're not going to... Now, now I know that on our side of heaven, we're thinking, but I love... I'm thinking, I love Carolyn. I want to know who Carolyn is in heaven. Oh, yeah, I will know who Carolyn is, but I'm going to know who everybody else is also, and it's going to be bliss. I'm not going to need one person to fulfill the, 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 the longing that we each have in our lives for being connected to others. Heaven's going to be unimaginable. And then the teachers of the religious law, the scribes, these are the, these are the ones who are uh, experts in the law. They're teaching the law. They ask Jesus, okay... If you're so smart, Jesus, tell us, which, of, which among all the laws is the greatest law? What's the greatest command? And Jesus says in verse 29, let's see, is that right? Can't find verse 29. Oh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at chapter 13. Let me go over to... <laughs> Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. Now, he said, listen, O Israel. Who was Jesus talking about when he gave the parable of the, of the evil tenant farmers? He was talking about the people of God. He was talking about Israel. That's the name of, of the nation of Israel, but it's also the name of their father, Israel, who was the grandson of Abraham. And so now he's referring to them again, reminding them that the greatest law is listen, O Israel. Children of God, listen. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's not one command that is the greatest. There are two. Love God. Love others. You can't do one and neglect the other. You can't love God and neglect loving others because loving others loves God. They're equal. 
They're the same thing. And if you're doing one without the other, you're not doing either. Well, that's a powerful statement. We've got to do both. No other commandment is greater than this. Now, look at verse 32. I love how the, 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 the scribe, the teacher of religious law, compliments Jesus. As if Jesus needs a compliment, as if he needs some encouragement, as if he needs to be told that he's right. I know I'm right, but Jesus doesn't do that. But this man turns to Jesus, the teacher who asked the question, says, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth. By saying there is only one God and no other. And then he gets a little bit more personal. And he says, and I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Now, realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask Jesus any more questions. Now, listen. You want God in your life? Do what God tells us to do. That's what this message is about. Jesus, God confronting His people who claim to be His people, but don't act like it. This is about confronting us with our obedience. Jesus has died on the cross, not yet in this story. We're going to get to that in a couple of weeks. But Jesus dies for our sins so that we can have the strength and the power to fulfill the law just as Jesus fulfilled the law. We can't love God and love others on our own efforts. We need God's help. And we need to confess our inability to do that often. And I do that every day, every week. I don't lose my salvation every day, every week. I continue to walk with Jesus. But I still, I still misstep. I still make mistakes. I just apologize to somebody this morning for the thoughts that I had about them. And I said, I'm so sorry. You don't even know I was thinking this about you. But I owe you an apology because in my mind, I was angry with you. And I understand. But I'm confessing my anger and I'm confessing the ideas that I had about you. And I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me. And that person forgave me. Thank you, Jesus. Because I'm human. And I get confronted by God's Spirit. Pastor Vaughn, you're a great example of this. (laughs) Pastor Vaughn says, I can't sleep at night if the Holy Spirit is convicting me of something. Is that right? And Pastor Vaughn has come to me a number of times and, and, and asked for forgiveness for things that I didn't even know he did. For things that, that in my mind, they were not even offenses to me. But it was quickened in his own soul that that was not right for him to think these things or to say these things or neglect these things, whatever it might have been. We need to have this habit of listening to the Spirit, speaking to our spirit, saying, Roger, don't do that. And that is absolutely a habit in our lives that we have to develop 
And Jesus confronts us in these things. And I love how Jesus looks at this man, this man having given this affirmation to Jesus, that Jesus, you spoke correctly. But then he says, I know how important it is. But in that sense of that word important, we know what important things are, and we also know how difficult it is to maintain those things that are important in our own lives. I hear a bit of confession in this man's life. Even though he's not specific. And Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Keep coming. You're not far from it. Take another step. Confess to Jesus. On Wednesday this past week, some of us, and Pastor Sharon is sharing this story, and I'm going off script, and we're gonna, I've got to watch the clock now. <laughs> on Wednesday evenings, and I invite you to come and join us in this too, on Wednesday evenings for the next few weeks, I don't know, I don't have a deadline, I don't have a stop time. Some of us are gathering up at the Ellesmere campus uh, just to go into the neighborhood and visit, trying to make connections with people who don't come to church. So this last week, Pastor Vaughn and Pastor Sharon from the Ellesmere campus, uh, Tim Slagle and, and Richard Porto, who is a, 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 one of our attendees and, and members up at the Ellesmere campus, we were gathering and we went out visiting. We drove past a drug deal. And, and me and my ignorance, in my ignorance, uh, I just wanted to get around the car. I didn't think what was happening, but the car was parked in such a way in the street that, that after, after the fact, I realized that guy didn't want me to pass him. That guy didn't want me to turn, go down the street. That guy wanted me to turn down a street before I got to him. But I wanted to get on the other side of him, so I kept driving my bright red big Dodge Caravan. <laughs> Right toward his, his, I don't know if this is the right word to use anymore, pimped out car. <laughs> is that the right word? I don't know. It is what it is. He was, he was cockeyed in both lanes, but I, I, I like to think I'm a good driver, and I know the limitations of my vehicle. And I saw that I had enough room to get beside him. But in order to have enough room to get beside him, I had to get very close to his mirrors. <laughs> and so I had to slow down, and I'm going by this car. And let's see, Tim and Richard are in my van. Pastor Vaughn and Pastor Sharon are in, uh, in Pastor Vaughn's car watching me go right next to this car. And I'm, and I'm, okay, I'm getting a little nervous. I'm like thinking, I'm just feeling some nerves as I, as I, as I, as I do this. And, and, I'm, and I'm starting to think, maybe we don't want to visit in this neighborhood. But I wasn't thinking that I'm, I'm driving right through a drug deal. <laughs> and so I just, kept, I just kept on driving, and I'm making sure I'm not hitting anybody, and I'm going through it. And I get past them, and I go, and I pull over, and, 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 and I'm... After I get past him and I turn the corner, then I begin feeling the, 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 the uneasiness or recognizing the uneasiness that I've been feeling. We get out, Pastor Vaughn and, and Pastor Sharon come over, and, and I, I said before I got out, this is a phrase that, that Pastor Sharon uses, spidey sense, you know, the spider sense. And uh, I, I said to, to Tim and Richard, I wonder what Sharon's spidey sense is doing right now. And so I get out of the car, we all get out, 
and we're on the side of the street. And I said, Sharon, what's your spidey sense? And Sharon says to me, Roger, you don't have any spidey sense. It is going off the chart. You should, you should know. So we started walking around the neighborhood. We decided we'd stay. Because Jesus comes to confront the things of this world with his truth. And so we prayed and we said, God, protect us. We knew that Pastor Vaughn and Sharon in the other car, they watched everybody in that black car and everybody around that black car look at me as I drove by. As said, who are you and why are you here and you, are, you should not be here. You saw that, right, Pastor Vaughn? You told me. I told you so. So we prayed. We said, God, we need your protection as we visit. We're here. We're here, Jesus, to meet people who will receive us and to hear some good news. We're here to introduce ourselves. My name is Pastor Roger, and I'm the pastor of the church down the street, one of the pastors at the church down the street. And and we're just trying to meet neighbors in the community and wondered if can we pray with you? Is there are there any needs? So we split up in two groups, Tim and Richard and me and Pastor Vaughn and Sharon went over here. And, and there were some row houses. I didn't know this, but, but Tim and Richard and I went down the block to the corner. And so we're walking down the front side of these row houses. Pastor Vaughn and Pastor Sharon end up going down the alley in the back of the same row houses that we're on the front of. We're, we, were, we, we, we were surrounding that block with God's mercy and kindness. And I didn't even know it. We didn't plan it. <laughs> you go down this way. We go down this way. And, and they met a woman. And they prayed for her. And as Sharon prayed for this woman, she just rested her hand on the woman's shoulder and offered a prayer for her. And they finished that prayer. And as soon as they finished that prayer, they turned and up comes running out of one of the back of the row house onto a platform, down the steps, running right up to Sharon, this woman asks, are you praying for people? Right, Pastor Vaughn? Am I getting the story right? Getting, getting goosebumps. Yes, we are. I need prayer. She was sitting in her home. Yeah. She was sitting her in her home. She was reading her Bible, drinking a glass of rum. That's that's what she said. Drinking a glass of rum, knowing she needs help in her life. And she gets up to go out on her back porch to smoke a cigarette when she sees Pastor Vaughn and Sharon praying with another woman. And she says, I need that. Who's confronting who now? (laughs) And she walks out, and they pray for her. And they they ask for some. She asks for some information about the church, and they invite her to church. But nobody. We didn't. We didn't have any. We didn't have any tracts this time. We didn't have any. We we gave out all the all the prayer cards. I think somebody had a somebody had a, a, a a business card, but no pen. So, so Pastor Vaughn says, I got one in my car. Pastor Vaughn leaves Sharon there. 
<laughs> I didn't know this was happening. I was I was on the other corner, on the other block. Pastor Sharon, or Pastor Vaughn walks back to his car, leaves Pastor Sharon with this woman. In the meantime, Richard and Tim and I have made our way back to the vehicles. And I look at my car, and I see that Pastor Vaughn's car is gone. Because he had walked back to the car to get a pen, and he decided, well, I'll drive the car to Sharon and pick up Sharon. In the meantime, I get back to where his car used to be, and I'm thinking, where's Pastor Vaughn? I text I text Pastor Sharon, where are, uh, no, I think I was, I was joking. I kind of assumed that he had come and taken it, but I was playing a little joke. And so I text, please tell Pastor Vaughn that his car is missing. <laughs> and she texts back, he went to get her, he's coming to pick me up. And I go, Pastor Vaughn, you left Sharon alone on the street in this neighborhood. What are you going to do? <laughs> so finally, anyway, praise God. For the confrontation that Jesus brings to us. This is a confrontation of love that Jesus is bringing. Now, I know it's time to go. We've got to look at one more. One more confrontation. And we're just going to read this this morning. I, know I, got, I got some props. We were going to act this out, but I don't have time to do that. We've got to go. But let's look at chapter 12. Of this same chapter. Remember, Jesus is confronting them. And in verse 41, we read this, that Jesus sat down in the temple area. He sat down near the collection box. We got the, let's see, we got the camera. Here's, here's what I was going to do. We don't have time for it. Sorry. I got telling too many stories. Near the collection box where they were the people were bringing their offerings, their sacrifices to God. And there, there was a man there who wanted to be noticed. And he was a scribe. He was dressed in fine robes. And he comes and he pours in his money so that everybody can hear it. And it's in the marketplace and it's busy and everybody hears that. And they say, wow, look what this man is giving to the temple. How great and wonderful that is that he can give that. And he knows it and he's so proud of what he can do. And he's given that money to him into the temple tax. Jesus sat down. Here are the robes that I was going to use. Jesus sat down opposite the temple. Now, so this translation said near it, but other translations said Jesus sat down opposite the temple treasury. Now, that word opposite involves a contrast and a confrontation. Mark wants us to get this point that Jesus is making a confrontation with the people. He sat down opposite that. He watched this man and he calls his disciples over to him. Hey, I want you to pay attention to this. Look at what that man just did. He gave his offerings. He gave his sacrifices. Now watch what happens. And this little old lady, she's a widow. Her husband has died. And she's while he's wearing these beautiful robes, she's wearing whatever she can have. Which is nothing. And it's dirty. And it's probably smelly. And she's wearing that and she just, everybody's cheering for him. And she just walks over. She's, all she's got are two pennies. And she quietly places them in. 
Jesus said, my brothers. Did you see that? That woman gave more than all the rest. Now, this is not about the amount of money. This is the amount of commitment. This is the amount of loyalty. This is about the amount of trust that this woman has. This is the confrontation that Jesus is making, not just to his people, but also to his disciples. Jesus confronts us and asks us to give ourselves couple verses to close. To do righteous and justice. To do righteous. I put a different adverb in there. To do rightly. Now the word righteous is a noun. To do things that are right. To do things that are just. Is more acceptable to the Lord. Than sacrifice. It's Proverbs 21, verse 3. Jeremiah 7, verses 21 through 23 says, The Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel says, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the flesh. Because in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. I did not instruct your people to give sacrifices when, they, when I brought them out of Egypt. But I did command them, obey my voice. Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And walk in all the way that I command you, so that, hear that purpose? (laughs) So that it may be well with you. You want a well life? Obey the Lord. Trust it to Jesus. Like this woman trusted it. Trusted her entire being to God. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God. You might be angry with God. Don't be afraid of God. Go ahead and confront God. But be ready for God to confront you and trust in Him. team's going to come and lead us in a song, and I invite us to pray today and just... Maybe some of us have a confession that we need to make. Maybe some of us, uh, God is saying to us, you're not very loyal to me, and I want you to be loyal to me. I want you to rest and trust in me for everything. Do what I tell you to do. My Holy Spirit will come upon you and teach you everything that Jesus, the Bible tells us that. And we can trust that. I invite you to stand as you are able. Let's, Let's sing, and I invite you to come and pray here at the platform area. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your peace. You confront us, Jesus, not 
with the law, but with your love. And we can't get around your love. <laughs> it's your love. And in your love, you forgive all our offenses. And you equip us to take you, to take your love, to take your righteousness, to take your justice and confront the world with it. That everybody, that the world might know your power, your grace, your love, your peace, your kindness, your forgiveness, your eternal life that you give to us. Thank you, Jesus. As we sing, as we pray to you, come and speak to us as we speak to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. we thank you for your greatness. Lord, we thank you that every confrontational situation that we find ourselves in, Lord, the greatness of your power is what carries us. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore
about how you confront the things of this world that are not of you. But Lord, we've also seen how you do it in love and not in judgment. We thank you, Lord, that today, whatever circumstances in our lives, you have the victory. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the message we've heard. We thank you for the worship time that we've had, the fellowship time that we'll have together in a few minutes, shaking hands and and encouraging one another. Lord, we thank you that we can be together today. We honor you. And as we go, we take your spirit with us. Strengthen us throughout this week. Guide us. Bless and protect pray in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. If you're online, our service host will be around for another 15 or 20 minutes if you need prayer. If you still need prayer, the front is open. There's no prayer. Uh, Folks at the prayer stations, rather. Have a great week. God bless you.